Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners, macabre murders and captivating crimes from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 160. Hurrah. 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 We're into the swinging 60s. We are. That's very exciting. Yeah, yet again. 50s went quick. Ten episodes gone quick. Yes, after you complained so much about the 40s. They they dragged. They did. It was a time of trouble and strife and war. Yes. How are you, Nick? Oh, all right. You're right. All right. All You're right. right. You're all right. right. Okay, good. Those are just noises. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You are going well, to say you words. You are your own words. Yes, I'd like to. I some. am fine, thank you. Very How nice. are you? Me? Oh, you're actually asking me for once. Uh, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe once every 20 episodes or so. Disdainfully asked. Yeah, oh, yeah, for I God's probably sake. Should, probably should. I'm fine because you bought me a surprise present. I did buy you a surprise present. Oh, See, aren't I lovely? Forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, very sweet. You bought me this. What is it? <laughs> what is it? What is this shit? I, I didn't look at the. <laughs> Be like a crow. A solo RPG. See, so Sinead can pretend to be, as she often does, every any day. Of, a, of, a, of an evening she's often in tree pretending to be a crow yes pretty much or so a raven now you can do it with dice <laughs> now you can have activities to do <laughs> while you're while you're being a crow is this just something you bought for me to keep me busy mm-hmm. busy Maybe. work busy work so i but don't fun. pester you but jolly <laughs> best rpg at the board games expo Aww. was voted got awards and everything oh and you bought it from me that's and really sweet see that's very kind i do care that makes up for Sometimes. all of the abuse oh good <laughs> no no I oh damn it i've said it now Excellent. it's in writing i can get away with all of that for 12 quid hurrah <laughs> that's how much you spent on me I've, I've gone from being very happy to having very mixed feelings what it's a lovely thing it is a lovely thing bit small isn't it (laughs) (laughs) gratitude i don't know well any poisonings this week you soon (laughs) go and be a crow go on off you go (laughs) you can't poison a crow i do really want to be a crow i do really want to play this i don't want you to think that it's all i'm thinking about but it's all i'm thinking about about. yeah pretty much since i came in but uh, but no other poisonings we're okay i don't believe so no, it's a lovely, lovely sunny day. It's Apparently, we're all going to be poisoned by the sun because... Yeah, <laughs> I'm not convinced by this. The smallest, the faintest of heat waves is coming our way yes, this weekend. it's going to be 30 degrees somewhere in the UK. <laughs> Maybe 30 seconds. Yeah, the BBC has been blasting stuff to our phone going, heat wave, heat wave. Oh, the emergency alarm will go off. 
I don't think it will. Oh, can it though? Come on. I think that's rather unnecessary. They're going to use it sometime. If if the country catches fire, then fine. Then yes, use the alerty thing. It's a bit toasty outside. No. I, I don't like it when it gets too hot. Well, then don't go outside. <laughs> I have to. All day Saturday, I'm in a parade. I'm in an actual parade. Yes, All day. Yeah, we don't have to be. I do. I have to wave banners for pride. Drinking relentlessly. <laughs> it's going to be awful. I <laughs> know, oh, absolutely. You there. <laughs> well, I'm stuck at bloody work. <laughs> you are? In an air-conditioned office. Yeah, air-conditioned oh, office you've timed that beautifully. Well, speaking of wanting to be a crow and then dying outside in the terrible, terrible heat, <laughs> I think it's time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Sh- these, these are getting worse. They're, they are what they are. They are what they, they are. are what they, they are. are what they are. They're getting, they're getting weirder. Please do send me a list. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I will consider it. <laughs> it's not going to be a list of suggested words. No. It? It's going to be a list of things that really feck you off about me. <laughs> it's not a list you want. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a list I'm going to get. Patreon people. Mm-hmm. They're lovely. Thank you very much. To Ophelia. To Shelley Mowick. To Dawn McKinley. To Mama Rex. Amy Steffler. And to Sarah Taylor. Thank you so much, you delicious, sexy Patreon subscribers. Marvellous. Oh, we had fun over on Patreon this week. We did, mysteries. Mysteries. Mysteries of the unexplained. No death. No death but, ooh, a crime. A crime oh, was committed. Definite crime. Definite crime. A crime was committed as I don't know what happened. We might find out at some point. We had our first hijacking. Uh, is it the first? Yes. I think it is the first plane hijacking. What else have we hijacked? St- I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Have we hijacked? Um, there were good for stagecoach hijackings out there. Oh, we haven't done those. Well, yeah, so we definitely need to do those. We've had, we've had cowboys and sort of Hi- hijacked trains. Uh, oh, we didn't think we did a train we, robbery, didn't we? Maybe have had a train hijacking. Yeah, your, your, your little forays into the Old West. Yeah, there may have been some sort of train shenanigans going on there. But there's none of that. But there was none of that in this one. This no. was a hijacking in the sky. Because it was in the sky. In the sky. The magical yes. flying trains. Yes, DB Cooper. What a great story. On tenterhooks we were. Mm. And that might result in a part two where we talk about all the theories and the thoughts on who could have done it. Who and all was this already man? on Patreon, people are going, Oh, actually, no, 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 no. We got thoughts, we got thoughts, we got thoughts. Aliens, mainly. Aliens. Aliens Alien, Bigfoot. Absolutely. That's the main thought so far. Bigfoot, as we've established, was waiting on the ground and swallowed DB Cooper yes, whole. With his big Cauldron. With his big volcano-like mouth. Volcano. <laughs> and then he took his money and then went to write his series of big erotica. Yeah. He's the mastermind behind all of I this. I mean, he had to pay for those eggs somehow. Exactly. Oh, God, the Easter egg, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they were jewel-encrusted. So <laughs> that's, that shit ain't cheap. <laughs> if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, please go and look up The Poisonous Cabinet on Patreon. It is but $5 a month for our regular tier where you get an extra episode every single week as well as lots of bonus content. For $15 a month you get a gift pack from us and a monthly special episode, The Case Files of PC Morris, where we do talk about Bigfoot and, and Easter egg hunts and, and there's still some content from that episode I still have to put out and I, I ponder whether I should or not but I, I think the people want it. <laughs> Come and find us on Patreon if you want more lovely delicious poisonous cabinet goodness every single week. Well Nick, are you ready? God, no. To drink cocktails and talk about poison. Mm-hmm. Or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. Yes. Good. It's going well. It's going well. Let's go with the first one. Okay. It is my story this week. Hooray, hooray, hooray. But we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and it will flavor our cocktail of the week. My story, so my pick. And this week's secret ingredient, Nick, is... A grave. A grave? A grave. A grave. Nice. I'm astounded we haven't done this before. 
No, we've no, we've had grave adjacent. Have we? Well, we've had a corpse. We've had a corpse, uh, but no graves, no, no graves. graves, and and yeah. many of our tales end with graves. Yeah, that they do. Okay, so with grave, with as grave. ingredient, ingredient inspiration, inspiration. What have you come up with? Well, there are there are some out there. Mm-hmm. I was doing some googling. There are a lot of sort of Halloweeny ones mm. out there, which are sort of a bit more, bit more gimmicky. You've got things. There is one called the graveyard and the grave digger. Okay. Yeah, but they they are a bit sort of Halloweeny, gimmicky, whipped cream and Oreos, and to assimilate rubble and dirt and things like that. So you'll have crushed Oreos. Oh, stuff, okay. Which actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, it sounds quite good right now. Um, but it's not what we do. But it's not what we do exactly. And I thought, oh, the zombie. Yes. Oh, a zombie. A zombie. I thought that's a good sort of graveyardy sort of cocktail. But that feels like we should save that for something. But also, I have, I have, I have made the zombie cocktail. Not on a main episode. I made it on Patreon with you and Emma, right back at the beginning. Oh. And so I thought, oh, I've made, I have made a zombie cocktail. Yeah, well, maybe a bit of a cop out. Do that one. I won't do that one. Okay. So none of that. So now I'm more than thinking about it. You're gonna, you're gonna shout at me. Am I gonna shout at you? I shouted at you. Last week, didn't it's, I? It's not quite that worthy of shouting us. Right, okay. We're having the corpse's whiskers. The corpse's whiskers. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, uh, anything corpse related is fine. Okay, I good, think. good. I'm going to get away with that. The corpse's whiskers, the whiskers. Is, is still now we've taken a sidestep to someone just elbowed a pun in there. Corpses don't have whiskers. Well, they do. The, does the beard still grow after death? Well, no, it's still a beard, though. It's still a beard. Unless it falls uh, off. Uh, yeah, well... I don't, I don't know where as soon as everyone drops dead, they are instantly shaved. <laughs> there should not be a hair on this man's head. He needs to look presentable. <laughs> the lesser known psalm. No man shall be buried bewhiskered. <laughs> so. Or just that instantly the beard falls off. Instant fall off. Death, no beard. No falls, beard. Falls out. Calling the authorities. Hello. Well, we know he's dead because his beard's fallen off. His beard's off. fallen off. <laughs> There's hair everywhere. Bring a brush I'm, and probably some medical equipment. I'm not sure that happens. Okay. So I think I think potentially a corpse can have whiskers. I would have preferred something graveyard based, something coffin, something any of those things. But a corpse, okay, I thought that probably would get in there. Corpses, whiskers. Well, I did nearly do corpse revivers. We've done those though. But we've we, we, we've done two. Cor- we've done a number two and we've done a number four. Mm-hmm. There is a number three. Yes. There is the original corpse mm-hmm. reviver as well. So I thought, do I go for the lot? Do we just get them all done in? But I thought, no. I went with some whiskers. As long as it is tasty, I'll forgive you. And hairy. And oh Jesus! All right. Well, I think it is high time for us to delve into the poisoner's cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. To Nick. The corpse's whiskers. Corpse's whiskers. It is quite absent of whiskers. <laughs> yes, I apologise for the lack of hair. Sprinkled some beard stuff I should have, I should have sprinkled some beard over the top of it. Yeah, and dared me to drink it. <laughs> it's a very nice colour. It's a lovely wee colour. It's a lovely wee colour. Everyone colour has a wee colour. Colour I guess we'll just like a little... little... Oh, okay. Those are some scents. And Those are some smells. I smell good things. Mm. You must be also at least one thing in there. Oh, Hang on. What? Oh, what? Um, <laughs> is it cherry? No? Well, then I don't know. Lemon? Because I know you squeezed some lemon. <laughs> what is no, what's... I don't know. Okay, fine. Saffron. No. Drink the fucking thing. All right, let's drink. Okay, I think it's important we drink. Yes. M- Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ooh. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, li- oh, oh, I like. I like. I like that. That's nice. I like. That has things. It has things going on. 
Yes, things going on. It's sharp. What is the thing? It's not cherry. Is it not maraschino cherry in nope, there? There's not and, a single uh, cherry inside. No cherry brandy. Nope. It's not that. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's mine now. Okay, there's lemon in it. Yum, 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 yum. Oh, it gives way to a complexity. Is there something twiggy in there? Um, Is there yellow chartreuse There's in no here? yellow chartreuse. Oh, there's any green shell shoes. There's no green shell shoes. <laughs> okay. I'm really, I really like that. That one. is really nice, really but good. I'm very confused as to what's in it. Okay, talk us through it. So there's actually there is quite a lot in this one. So we have a base of cognac. Nice. We have a cognac base. Okay. As is traditional with a corpse reviver, it's a cognac drink as well. We have dry vermouth. Nice. Now we have the recipe calls for a Lille Blanc. I didn't have any, so I use a Coche Americano, slightly different. Oh, nice, Still like nice, a nice, nice. aromatized wine. So same sort of thing. Um, triple sec. Oh, triple sec. So maybe uh, where you're getting a fruity thing, there's uh, an orangey yeah. thing going on there. There is a bit of, again, the recipe calls for Muscovado syrup. Ooh. I don't have that, so I use agave instead. Nice, nice. I nice. thought it was a good substitution Sickness. on that one. And absinthe. Oh, oh, oh. Which, I, which is what I thought you would pick up on the on the smell no oh but do i now and lemon as you suggest lemon juice as well no it doesn't smell of um, so absinthe. I, perhaps it's one of those things that i know what's in it so i'm smelling it because i know i put absinthe in this but i well often um, sometimes you say there's absinthe and then as soon as i know what's in it i go yes of course <laughs> picked it up instantly which is i mean again absinthe smell is, the a, aniseed in this. Is, a, is a common thing throughout all corpse-based drinks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is oh good we're gonna go insane then yeah Lovely. but that is yeah. really good is really nice so what are the quantities god now you're asking well how much absinthe i think that's the is, it, there is like a, a sixth of an ounce nice that's the, that's so the it's a very amount. very very small amount oh yeah oh we need to make more of these yeah immediately uh, not immediately <laughs> pace ourselves that's yeah, really that really, really <laughs> tasty that's the best one we've had in quite some time that is yeah and it's beguiling yeah i'm and i don't think I'm completely wrong in saying that it doesn't smell strongly of the aniseed that you associate with absinthe. I know you're not getting people who are very frightened of absinthe, and they go not only because of the strength, but they go, "Oh, the taste of it." I, Ooh, the wormwood. I can no. tell. I can tell it's in there, but it's not. By no means is it overpowering. Because mm. sometimes you're right. Sometimes you get an, abs, an absinthe drink, and even with the smallest amount, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's there. But this mm. really isn't. There's there's enough other things in there to balance it out and to calm it down it's dangerously good dangerously good that does not taste enough like alcohol yeah. considering everything that's in I'm, it oh i'm i'm really happy with that one <laughs> <laughs> really like that you know what nick the corpse's whiskers corpses are whiskers. indeed the corpse's whiskers they are. they've made the cat proud is that a thing cat's whiskers Oh, right. I, I thought, where the hell is she going with this? And I didn't get it. Well, the whole point I've been making is yes, that it's the is. cat's whiskers. Yeah. The I, cat's yeah. meow. It's cat's pajamas. I, yeah, I didn't get that. You didn't get that? No, didn't okay, get that. Fine. Whose fault is that? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with yours. <laughs> well, it is a resounding success. Well, with the corpse's whiskers firmly in hand, I'm going to show that corpse to his boss. Take it for you. Just Come with us on a journey. Holding him by the beard. Going, you fucking bastard. Plucking it out. There'll be no whiskers upon you, sir. With those firmly with in those, hand. With those firmly in hand. With our drinks firmly in hand. Are you ready for a story? Ooh, yes, I think it's time. So this week. Yeah. Befitting of the grave. We are returning to a topic we have delved into before. And with much joy. Um, we have talked of some gentlemen who operated in Fair Edinburgh. <gasps> yes. Also in the dark streets of London. Yes. Around some famous pubs. Yes. That inspired some songs. Yes. But we've not yet delved into the history of grave robbers. 
in America. Oh, no, we haven't. The grave robbers, body snatchers, resurrection men operating in the United States of America. Okay. And the history of grave robbing in America is just as great and batshit as it is in the UK. <laughs> Excellent. As long as it's batshit, I'm there for it. Absolutely. So this week we have the many tales, legends and bona fide crimes that surrounded American body snatchers, particularly a man who was dubbed the King of Ghouls, Rufus Cantrell. Oh, nice. I like that. Now, I'm going to start with a caveat that while researching this, and it is a great area to research, and we've got many mini stories and little dungeons we wander down, Rufus Cantrell was a black man. In his heyday is the late 1800s, early 1900s, which means a lot of the reports about him use some colourful language. Yeah, I can't imagine they're overly PC. It's no, it's not. Uh, No wild assumptions made. And no one really implying, out of the most of the reports, none of them really implying that anything that he did, anything he was involved with, was down to his race. It's just we are in the era where they do nothing but mention the person's race every six words. And there's a lot of words in there that don't fly anymore. Uh, Yeah, I can't imagine particularly (laughs) nice words. No, Uh. no, 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 no. (laughs) There's completely the wrong use of colour. There's completely the wrong use of certain N-words, which I'm not going to recreate on this show. Uh, So I have navigated my way around it. (laughs) You kind of, once you've picked out all of that, you go, oh, that's actually quite interesting. That's quite nice. So yes, if I encounter any of these words, I'm going to treat them with discretion. I'm not going to recreate them on here because there's no need to. You're going to sound different words instead. So every time I say daffodil... No, I'm just going to say man, rather than all the words they used. (laughs) A quick recap, though, on the context of our previous cases involving Bethel's Burke and Hare and the London Burkers, the Bethel Green gang, for those of you who need it. Now, of course, of course, of course, you should go back and listen to the Burke and Hare episodes, the London Burke episodes, to find out about the history of body snatching in England and Scotland and really in Europe and some of the various methods that people use to protect their family members for when they were being buried from these body snatchers. But the whole... And go and watch Sweeney Todd as well. The, docu- go watch. the documentary Sweeney Todd. Great. Well, less about body snatchers in this context. That, that's a bit of a tenuous thing. Well, stole some bodies. Yes, but to make pies. And made pies. Yes, but not to sell to made medical profit, colleges. Made, made some money out of them. Yes, and it's not Ed Gein either who dug up stuff to decorate Just his house. Yeah, yes. no, it's all right. there's profit involved. <laughs> if you are thinking of Sweeney Todd, you'd be wrong. <laughs> Body snatching and grave robbing has been going on for centuries, Nick. Oh, for centuries. For really, you've got to think about for the centuries prior to the 18th and 19th century, what were people doing? Because really the heyday of anatomical study is in the 1800s, late 1700s. Oh, I think there are still people about prior to that Certainly. investigating and stuff like that. And then you've got more sort of uh, esoteric potential yes. acl- applications that, the that further sort of you way. go back. Certainly um, there were doctors and there were medical men and everything who were trying to do early mm-hmm. studies of experimentation on corpses to find out how the body works, how really. How does it all go together? But... Obviously, it's been illegal and completely frowned upon. Somewhat frowned upon. For for centuries. I hear it still is. Yes, yes. Not so good, (laughs) not so good. But with the advent of anatomical study, you need some fresh corpses. 
to give to students, to doctors, to trained medical professionals. Prior to 1832, medical students in the UK were only permitted to dissect the corpses of executed criminals. Quite right. Uh, only people who had been hanged for terrible, terrible offences, they could be cut up. Um, yeah, also terrible, terrible offences. You sold a loaf of bread, you bastard. <laughs> Hang them up. It got to that stage, really, with the bloody code, yeah. where it used to be, well, it was written down that it should be murderers and rapists yeah. and people who forged money. Two loaves of bread, or oh, rip them to pieces. If you cut down a tree at the wrong time of day, that was it. But the demand for corpses and the rise of study of them was high. <laughs> Not enough criminals to meet demand, as we've covered before. So enter the gangs of body snatchers who would deliver fresh corpses on the sly to medical schools and very prestigious colleges in exchange for a few coins passed through the back door. Whether they'd murdered these people themselves... In, no, inconsequential. Or they had just sourced some bodies from a nice new grave. <laughs> Nobody asked questions. No, indeed. Even the Anatomy Act of 1832, which allowed a little bit more leniency with students and lecturers saying, OK, people who donate their bodies, that you can have those, you can have yeah. those too. Voluntary donations, yeah. Nothing to stop the grave robbing. Still, demand was so high. Stealing a body, minor offence. Oh, yeah. Minor offence because it doesn't belong to anyone. Disturbing a grave. Oh, don't do that. That's awful. Stealing their clothes. That's robbery, that is, of someone's family. Of someone's stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Bodies could be disposed of on the dissection table very easily. While the USA was a tiny bit behind Europe in terms of its advancements in medical studies, they were catching up oh, very, yeah. very quickly. Body snatching and grave robbing was as prevalent in any case. Sadly, one very big difference in the USA, not to say that it didn't happen in the UK, but in the US, in the early part of the 19th century, a steady supply of dead slaves to a number mm, of medical schools, yeah. which is really upsetting. And it is part of the it history. Is, it, is, but it is what happened. So. Yeah. Schools in the South, medical schools in the South were really popular because of this. Because of the, yeah, the quantity of... You've got mm, slaves there, fine, give to medical schools once they've died, on. whatever circumstances. And then everyone wants to join at the medical schools because there's bodies. Yeah. There's bodies there. So that's horrible. There was a case in 1882 where six bodies had been dug up with little care from a dedicated African-American cemetery in Pennsylvania, and they were being transported to a nearby medical college. A crowd gathered in protest outside of the morgue, and this would happen a lot where grave robbing was concerned. You have families, you have members of the public just mm -hmm. going, this, this is, this is, this is shit. awful because it's happening it. so much that it's like, why is no one cracking down on this? This isn't a one-off. In this case, you've got one man... They stop the bodies from coming in. One man is screaming because he sees his brother lying there. Ish. And one, oh my God, this old woman told the press she saw her husband's body amongst them. And this is after she had begged people for the $22 needed to give him a decent funeral oh. and saw him going in. And it's like, ugh. But they stopped it. They stopped it Good. for a bit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How that turned out, it was just mm. like, oh, isn't this a sad story? Did they get? Did they cut story. up the bodies? Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah. probably did. <laughs> so, yeah. Huge, huge swears of body snatchers mm. roaming the country and uprisings and protests from local people along the way. So it's time for another aside. Okay. Really famous case. Uh, of body snatching that not enough people know about. Uh, okay. When I say it's really famous, it should be. <laughs> really famous that no one's okay. ever heard of. So do you know who John Scott Harrison is? No. He is the son of William Henry Harrison. Okay. Do you know who he is? No. Ninth president of the USA. Well done him. He died in 30 days. Well done him. <laughs> I only know that from the Simpsons episode. <laughs> we are the lesser known presidents. <laughs> also, his son, John Scott, was the father of Benjamin Harrison, who was the 23rd president of the USA. 
So oh. good pub quiz knowledge there. Yes. John I'm Scott a... Harrison is the only son and father of a president. Oh, that's confusing. <laughs> His daddy was a president. He had and a son. son. His son became son president. president. Yes, so I'm going to... Yeah, great knowledge, which I will forget instantly. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the story. Oh, I didn't not? just... Is that, is that it? I thought, I thought, oh, good story. Good story. Hey, good story. I haven't just decided to go in the middle of all of these tales of murder. Just a few facts. Facts about presidents. There you are. Some pub quiz knowledge. John Scott Harrison died in 1878. And as his sons, including Benjamin, future president prepared to bury him in the graveyard now the, the details on this are scant so i've they are what they are so i've made it up <laughs> i filled in the gaps, <laughs> in the gaps with a few musical numbers nice as they prepared to bury him apparently his family noticed that an adjacent grave to the family plot which contained a nephew of the son so whatever relation that is a 23 year old augustus that grave had signs of being ransacked. Ooh. The grave had been robbed. The body was gone. So while they were burying daddy, John Scott Harrison, the sons ensured, okay, we're going to take extra precautions to make sure no one gets at this coffin. And the coffin went in. They put stone slabs on top of it. They nice. put brick. They poured cement on top of it. Everything. Uh, a, a, they paid a watchman in advance for a month to walk around with a gun. Nice shooing people away check on the grave every precaution was taken great daddy's all right but poor augustus mm. let's find out what happened to him what's gone on there let us investigate so after the funeral pretty much the day or the day after john's son john jr and a cousin george they go in search of the body and they are armed with search warrants and they go straight to the ohio medical college mm. they know what's happened yeah here. they great know great where great. he is so they enter the college, they start searching for their cousin. A janitor is reluctantly showing them around and they get to a, an area where there is a huge rope and pulley system where the corpses are mm. hoisted up to different floors mm. for, the, uh, for the prodding and the poking. And they get up there and they look at the rope and there's a body hanging on the uh. rope. And they go, okay, that's not Augustus, it's an old man. John Jr. takes another look. That's my father. Oh, yeah. John Scott Harrison's body is there, which one can only conclude that someone had stolen it while it was in the funeral parlor and that coffin went into the ground, did not contain with, his body. With some rocks or something. Yes, they filled it with rocks and they were just filling that no one's going to get his oh, body. Or someone went in with a pneumatic drill yeah. seconds after it was buried. So Harrison's family obviously brought actions. One would hope, yes. Against the college, against the janitor, mm. placing him to blame. And this, uh, you know, this this whole suit sort of takes place with the family going, the people who run the college, they're responsible. Benjamin Harrison later wrote an open letter. We have been offered through the press the sympathy of the distinguished men who constitute the faculty of the Ohio Medical College. I have no satisfactory evidence that any of them knew whose body they had. But I have the most convincing evidence that they are covering the guilty scoundrel. The bodies brought there are purchased and paid for by an office of the college. The body snatcher stands before him and takes from his hand the fee for his hellish work. He is not an occasional visitant. Mm. So pretty much saying, you guys know. You, you know exactly you what's going on. You know what happened. Yeah. Um, the nicest footnote I've read this year, what happened to Augustus, he was found pickled in a vat of brine in the University of Michigan. Oh, God. He was in a vat of brine. No, it's just... That's all that's written okay, about like, him. Pickled. 
No more. No more information. No. Did he get a decent burial afterwards or was he just served? He's, to just, he's got a good pickling. Why was he in the brine? Well, to pickle him, obviously. But clearly to see and, what would happen. To pre- preserve him. <laughs> to preserve him for the future. Yeah. Yeah. So when you sort of see those horror films with mm. like Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory of all those jars and people. Like, yeah, that's true. That's exactly what it was like. That's exactly yeah. what they were doing in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> the bastards. Um, the incident is thought to have led in part to the passing of the 1879 law in Indianapolis and later the Ohio anatomy law uh, neighboring in 1881 that's stating that the body of any person who shall die in any state, city, or county prison, jail, or county asylum, or infirmary, or public hospital within this state shall remain unclaimed for 24 hours after death, may be used as a subject for anatomical dissection and scientific examination. So that should put a stop to all of this. 24 hours, you've got to wait. You've got to wait 24 hours. 24 hours. (laughs) Body snatchers lining up at the window there going, come on, come on. Well, it seems like a reasonable-ish compromise. Yes, no one wants it. So yeah, if no one claims person, then fine, go for it. What if the person was on holiday? Well, then that's their loss. How would you go on holiday while your relatives are sick in the asylum? So that should take care of everything, shouldn't it? No, 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 no. Does it not? Demand surprise. Demand for corpses and the posh men willing to pay handsomely for them was as prevalent as ever. Enter Rufus Cantrell. Okay. Later known as King of Ghouls. Ghouls in this case refers to body snatchers in the slang. So Rufus was born around 1876, moved to Indianapolis from Tennessee in 1892, age 16. Now, not much is known about his childhood, except for all this stuff. Except for everything. This stuff would come out later in a trial by his mother, by people who were pushing her with a stick going, oh, tell us things. So, so let's report it as she would say it later. Okay. If it is to believe it believed. His father had been committed to an insane asylum. Okay. His sister too. And Rufus was always earmarked as not quite right. Not quite right. Not quite right. Um, some say he was prone to fits and spasms, which make, which make a lot of people think he had epilepsy. Oh, yes. So... Epilepsy back in the day. Oh, you're mad. mad. You're crazy. Entirely mad. You're crazy. Possessed. Possessed. Yeah. Others say that there was a riding accident. He fell off a horse and landed on his head. That would be unfortunate. So this results in him having these delusions as a child that he can talk to God, that he okay. would preach in the middle of the fields and he would talk to other children saying that he could speak to God and he would occasionally have violent spells, but he was also quite the showman. And as he got older, into his teenage years, he would give long talks, reciting Bible passages. He had this dream of becoming, apparently at one point, an evangelical preacher. He was telling morality tales. In between these bouts of religious zeal, he remained changeable in his moods. Apparently, he tried to take his own life in 1896 in the streets out of lovesickness. Oh, Mm. Um. He had a stint in the US Army. He was discharged after only one year's service for suicidal inclinations. Not looking good for him. He would make the papers in for the first time in the 1900s for a bar brawl that okay. he was involved in, which broke out because he wouldn't stop shouting about how good a presidential candidate one William Bryan was. Well, he was obviously a passionate man. Yes, yes. Was fighting about that, and that does refer me back to the Simpsons episode. England's greatest prime minister was Lord Palmerston. The elder. Apparently, this bar brawl, apparently a bartender was there called William McElroy, who had previously exhibited his prowess by tossing a large man into a canal. 
Well, I mean, I would be impressed by that. Mm -hmm. I had to remove the racial terms there. (laughs) But a fight broke out and McElroy failed to throw anyone into the canal and was beaten until he was glad to stop. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. It's great. (laughs) Poor, poor McElroy. So there you are. But yeah, yeah, Cantrell getting in there, Rufus. He would eventually find work in Indianapolis in the state's first undertakers run by an African-American man, a man named C.M.C. Willis. Okay. So yes, and wouldn't you know it, working in an undertaker's would put him in touch with the Central College of Physicians and Surgeons. One would imagine it would. A training school for new doctors, and they were in such need, such need Mm. of fresh corpses for their studies. You know, Rufus realised there was good money in grave robbing. And he started to employ the services of other men, seven in total in the end, to form one of the most prolific grave robbing gangs the city had ever known, at least according to his later testimonies. <laughs> according to, yes, somewhat self-publication, um, self-published, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, he was like, I have robbed all the graves. Yes, there was not a grave left in, in the city that I haven't, I haven't You joke. Mm. The way he put it, but also got to the point where people were going... He might be right. (laughs) Where are all the bodies? Yes, the gangs could pilfer through paupers' graves easily, remote cemeteries on the outskirts of Indianapolis, further into the state and into county areas where no one's going to care. No one's going to care. Oh, just dig stuff up and no one's going to look. But also employing more cunning and skill to target the city's ceremonies. Um, A report from the Indianapolis Journal in 1902 described his method. He did not use hooks in pulling out corpses, as was done years ago. Okay. He only used hooks when a corpse was fastened in a coffin. So when someone had tried to nail it down. (laughs) Instead of digging down at the head of the grave, as was the former custom, he adopted the plan of digging at the centre. The covering of the box was then sawed through and the small lid on the coffin shoved back. No lights are used by the ghouls, except an occasional match which is lighted down in the grave. It paints a nice picture of all the work that you're doing in total darkness. Yeah, that's unpleasant. (laughs) Rufus would claim that he and his men had made $420 each in three months, which is as much as many men would make in a year. Yeah, absolutely. And one famous story is that Greenlawn, one huge cemetery in the city, literally died thanks to the amount of grave robbing there was. <laughs> I'm not getting buried there. <laughs> <laughs> well, just there were no there were no bodies left. Yeah. And there was also other stuff going on with this cemetery. There was a bigger cemetery where much nicer, grander cemetery. So some people were moving their relatives and go, oh, okay, well, we'll be interred there, which you can do. And then they'd go and look for the relatives in the empty. There's no, there's no relatives. There's no one to move. <laughs> and then people going, oh, shit, there's no one in the cemetery. It's anymore. entirely hollow underneath there. <laughs> yes. So there's there's actually a building development over mm-hmm. where Greenlawn Cemetery was. And people might go, oh, that's not right. Well, there's no one buried there. No one, there's no one buried there. <laughs> yep. yep. They yep, all yep, got yep. nicked. <laughs> At this time... So successful was Rufus, he actually tried to get work procuring bodies for the University of Louisville. He went in with a letter of recommendation from a doctor in Indianapolis. He's superb. The freshest corpses. He has the best corpses I've ever seen. Mm, delicious they are. It's like, what, what's up with you, Mr. Doctor? He was rejected because he was black. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 we can't have you working for us. Yeah, according to Historic Indianapolis, yeah, he had this letter, but no, 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 still no good. Still no good. Now is a good time for me to show you a picture of an open air dissection from this university, Louisville. Oh, good. And the doctors are all dressed, I can only describe it as wizards. So I'm going to try see. and turn this around okay. so you can see it. Yeah. 
Oh, that's very wizardy. <laughs> oh, I like it. And and that is an actual corpse on the table that has been absolutely stripped of that's, all of its flesh. Yeah, that's been literally ripped to pieces. But these are all men but wearing... I'm loving the coats. Top hats. One of them is wearing curtains. They say that I fancy dressing your mum's curtains or something, isn't it? <laughs> um, it really is. That's brilliant. Now, I will share the picture because it is, it, it is exactly yeah. as you'd imagine. <laughs> They're all wearing fancy coats and top hats and poking at a horrible, a horrible very, scene. Very, 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 very flayed individual <laughs> yes flayed is the right word and also open air why not be outside yes get some fresh air. there's people in the background of that picture just watching yeah well oh there would be there would be huge yeah audiences for such things to <laughs> charging tickets to observe yeah. <laughs> so rufus had been running his racket for quite some time with his gang but he was eventually caught when a pawnbroker tipped off the police via his lawyer, the pawnbroker's lawyer. He's now trying to pawn corpses. No, he just kept... <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a few too many this today. <laughs> the, the, the hospitals and colleges are full. Just, he's, he's trying to pawn some corpses. Just walks in a figure dressed up, puppets him in going, would you like to buy a corpse? Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> Okay, no, yep, didn't think so, off we go. Giving them a hand and a skull. You would think it was because he was pawning the the goods. Perhaps all the the valuables found amongst the court. Yes, no, Rufus was a professional. He knew you don't take the valuables. You leave them buried in a coffin. Some body snatchers actually had come a cropper when they had stolen the body of a young girl, which is awful. Yeah, stolen her body and one of her shoes fell off, a little white slipper and fell in the snow because it was that time of year. And the slipper was found the next day and it was, oh my God, this this grave has been robbed. So yeah. it gave them away. So now the rule was, no, 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 strip the body down, put everything, everything back in the coffin, back. bury it. Nobody knows, mate. So no, he was pawning, well, borrowing four shotguns very regularly. Okay. Yeah. Going in, giving the money, taking the shotguns, goodbye. <laughs> Coming back in. And the pawnbroker decides to call his lawyer. Because this this does not feel okay. Yeah, something feels slightly dodgy here. This, this man coming in and getting a lot of guns. A lot of guns. A lot. A lot of guns. The lawyer speaks to the police. The police start thinking, okay, this is coincidental around a lot of the time where mm. criminal activity is going around. There's not robberies or anything. Are they arming themselves in case they're caught? That or leads- zombies. Oh, zombies. Oh, zombies. You have to protect yourself against you the zombies. You do have to protect yourself against the zombies. Yeah, but a shotgun uprising. isn't going to help. I, I think it would help. It, a shotgun to the face is going to stop a zombie. Oh, unless it's a shotgun with a cartridge of salt. Yes. Zombies don't like salt. Do they not? No, oh. they don't. <laughs> I have no follow-up information on that. <laughs> I saw it in a film once. <laughs> I read it in a big book of horror when I was 12. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. Sprinkle some salt. Have you not seen Hocus Pocus? That's for witches. That's not zombies. Works for zombies too. Well, it works for all manner of undead shenanigans. No, Billy, what's his name? Didn't cross the big... Never mind that now. Just zombies don't like salt. Why zombies can't you believe like me just once? Right. Yes, I entirely... <laughs> Let's go with it. So the pawnbroker gives over the name of the man and said, Rufus, bring salt. He is arrested. And when he is brought into the station, Rufus sings like a bird. Nice. Oh, he gives his confession ever the showman, <laughs> only too happy to share the details of his grave robbing antics and the people who had paid him handsomely mm. to procure all of the bodies. He listed all of the cemeteries they'd operated in, the hospitals they'd targeted, the men who were paying them, men like Dr. Alexander from the Central College, who gave not only information on potentially sick people, 
that they could target and keep an eye on, but even accompanied them on their journeys to the graveyards. Rufus claimed to have lifted more than 100 bodies with his gang. He may have been exaggerating some accounts, but it was sensational stuff for the Mm. papers and the authorities. Rufus knew that if he turned star witness, he might get a reduced sentence. Yes. So he started to share the tactics that a body snatcher might use. And I think that's time for a drink. Yes, definitely is. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, Nick. Hello. We've refreshed our glasses. More whiskers. More whiskers. It was so good. We had to have another. Thank you. And that is a complicated one to make. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's good. But now we have our drinks. Yes. Let me tell you some of the ways in which the body snatchers worked tell me, tell in me. Rufus's gang, but also the legends that also emerged around that. As I said before, you've got in the case probably of John Scott Harrison, the body being whisked away before mm. it even e- met the grave. Even before cemetery, yes. Yes, some grave robbers would snatch the bodies and fill the coffins with blocks of ice, which okay. I think is going to cause leakage. Yes, why ice, I wonder? Maybe big chunks of ice. Heavy, heavy. But so it's surely Cheap. A, 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 well, I mean, would the rocks not be cheaper? Rattling, maybe? I don't know. Others would dress up as grave diggers and close in on the grave literally after the coffin had been lowered and the mm. family were walking away. 
So they're just going, oh, boo-hoo, yes, yes, we're definitely digging the grave. We're definitely covering it up. We're not yeah. getting down in there and taking the body out and stuffing well, it into a that's sack. That's bold. Yeah. All that takes is was one other person going, oh, no, I must just go and pay my final respects or something. <laughs> and then <laughs> seeing like as, just... as they've got daddy levered out of the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> they would also pose as mourners. Mm. Pose as mourners. We get women to do it as well. So they would uh, often, actually in Europe as well, you would have women in the gangs who would go into the poor houses or in the hospitals with an unclaimed body. Oh my God, that's my darling daddy or my brother. Mm -hmm. I shall take, I shall take them. They're mine. Um, but mourners just turning up at gravesides. Oh yes. That's terribly sad. Terribly sad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lynn just been buried here. And it was how long? And yes, how sick were they? And how long? Oh yes. That'll fetch a pretty penny. I mean, so sorry if you lost. They didn't touch grave covered with floral displays because they were too complicated to put back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That was Rufus's thing. They were too complicated. I like to think that there was one florist gravedigger who really, really reveled in that bit and then built a really extravagant display over the grave. Uh, okay. There were hazards of the job, of course. Well, one would imagine so. Um, Booby-trapped graves. <laughs> now, we've mentioned these in passing before, but you have a whole sort of spring-loaded torpedo system in some graves. Nice. Yeah, so various people invented contraptions to prevent the body snatchers from getting yeah. the corpse. So you would literally have all this sort of spring-loaded blades and bullets in the coffin as soon as you close the lid and nailed it down the moment that the grave robber opened the lid <laughs> shot through the face Fantastic. it actually happened that they, a gang of grave robbers one was killed instantly the other one had his leg broken because of this nice. torpedo thing it's like a nail bomb equivalent one guy invented a system with sort of a tube that could be poured into the grave i think it was after burial to fill it with nitroglycerin brilliant exploding coffins this would kill anyone within 25 to 50 feet of the grave brilliant that, that's a bad day for any mourners who were just nearby well <laughs> they, they, their time would come turning up oh dear aunt gladys here's your favorite poses of roses I mean, on your birthday that's, that's gonna that's gonna hurt that's a lot of shrapnel you not only have you got the wooden coffin you got bits of Bits of leg and bones and yes. skulls flying all over the place. Bits of body snatcher. Bits of, yeah, bits of... <laughs> Flying about. The, okay. I, the man was asked, aren't you worried about your wife's corpse? Because this is why he did it. It was like to protect his wife. He was like, I'd rather she was obliterated than fall into the wrong hands. <laughs> I, I, good for him, I would say. Yeah. Baba blown to smithereens. Oh, rather blown to smithereens than being gawped at by students, yes. I would say. It's a weird way because you're still going to have to pick up bits of her skull from across the graveyard but it's how you know, she wanted to go <laughs> <laughs> screw medical science <laughs> it's what she would have wanted there is a, a great one and this is kind of a bit of folklore because some people still apply this story i think to to other ones but I, i'm going to say it anyway cincinnati gazette states that uh, on a saturday night it was a Saturday night. What else are you going to do? Yeah. A fellow was stealing a dead body from the graveyard of Cumminsville. Okay. Near the city. When in crossing the fence, he slipped and fell on the outside of the fence. And the rope which held the sack containing the corpse slid from his shoulders to his neck. And at daylight, his body was found hanging on the outside of oh. the graveyard fence. While the corpse he had stolen hung <laughs> on the other side. Brilliant. Both equally lifeless nice <laughs> now, that is a story i think is passed into folklore people apply it to a man stealing <laughs> a pig and all this sort of thing but i like the corpse yeah, element of that absolutely bring it on this is all good fun but 
Rufus is in custody. He is naming names. He is pointing out that all these graves are empty and people are finding, yes, actually, yes, the whole of the, the actual ecosystem of this city is, is screwed because there's just holes in the ground. Where are the bodies, though? They need the bodies, surely, for some evidence. Well, this is true. Yes. If they can't find the bodies in the medical schools, well, where could they have gone? And they go searching and they don't really find them. Well, generally, they must be sort of incinerated after after they've been used as much as they can be well, for such things. Are they not disposed of at that point? The question about incineration doesn't really come up in the reports here. So whether it's implied that these ones didn't have massive incinerators. There must have been some in the in the medical schools at that time. We're yeah. talking the early 1900s Absolutely. here. Absolutely. There's got to be incinerators. Everyone maybe glosses over it going, no, that's not good for the story. Shut up, shut up, shut up. What did happen is bodies are now being found dumped all around the city. Uh. Pretty much, in so many ways. I mean, literally, actually, they are. Because the medical schools are going, get the fuck rid of yeah. them. We don't want them on our doorstep whatsoever. No. One article in the Inter-Ocean newspaper from Chicago, that's the name of it, Okay. Uh, reported 10 bodies had been found in the basement of one college, but doesn't give any follow-up information of going, okay, well, that's not a good sign. Maybe they couldn't <laughs> identify them. Um, four bodies found in sacks in the street. One body concealed for two days in a saloon. And again, that's just one line. Like, was it propped up playing the piano? <laughs> Serving drinks? So playing cards? What's going, what's going on there? Chatting up, ladies. Someone had actually proposed to it. It was <laughs> setting off into the sunset. Even as Rufus was on trial and in custody, bodies were found dumped in alleyways in a sack next to a dry goods store, one at the rear of the Central Medical College, which makes people think a rival school had gone, yeah. <laughs> Trying to get them in trouble. Exactly. Trying to blame someone else. So people are finding the bodies, but they're not finding anything that links them to the right mm. people. Like they're not finding them on the slab. And of course, all the people in the schools are not going to be saying anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Anything. Look at them. No, 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 no. Allegations were made against 75 people, including some of the top surgeons of the noble schools, right down to the lowly graveyard workers. Dr. Alexander, Dr. Joseph Alexander, stood trial in early 1903 with Rufus as the star witness. Now, Rufus had been chatting and chatting and chatting away to the point where people go, okay, well, he knows a lot of stuff. And there's no doubt he's done some dodgy things. But is he making some of this up? Mm. And that may have been his downfall in terms of this trial. But really, is a white, wealthy doctor ever going to feel the full force of the law? Yeah. Mm. Expert witness after expert witness is brought in to testify that Rufus is insane. Completely nuts. Absolutely. This is where the mother is brought in and tells a tale of Rufus as just a mad child, apparently, and a religious zealot and violent and all these things. And people are oh, okay, okay. Anyone who gave evidence against Dr. Alexander, one person who came in and, and outside of Rufus testified, no, 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 he did go on grave robbing expeditions. They just said, he's drunk. He's drunk. Clearly he's drunk. He can't be trusted. He's turned up absolutely drunk to court. Like, no. No, 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 no. no, 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 no you're haven't. drunk. Get out, you drunk man. The defence and Rufus go, I'm not insane. No, I'm not. I'm telling the truth. Despite the protestations that Rufus knows is telling the exact truth, is, is absolutely telling the truth. The rich white man gets off. What a surprise. Of course. The jury is not able to reach a verdict. It's not that they declare him not guilty. Right. It's a hung Un jury. Undecided. Yeah. So the case is thrown out. A retrial. There's going to be no retrial because Rufus sees what's happened in the first trial and goes, no. What's the point? I'm not going to do it. Rufus is tried next. Pleads insanity. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, well, it worked in the first trial. <laughs> like, okay, well, so you've just been saying you're not insane and now you are insane. What what do we do with this? Well, I think he's just going, okay, well, Quid's in now. Yeah, well, he's now got an army of witnesses <laughs> who, who have declared come, him insane. Come back, come <laughs> so, back, right, yeah. you, you have just said, I'm mad. So yeah, okay, fine, yeah. I'm mad. So <laughs> it's like, okay, he's always crazy. We'll just take all the testimony from that court. And there yeah. was even an anonymous letter that implicated Rufus in the body snatching of John Harrison no. in 1901. Never proven. <laughs> but in April 1903, Rufus is sentenced to 10 years in Jeffersonville Penitentiary. He's later transferred to Michigan City Penitentiary. After the court case, Dr. Alexander does not really get off scot-free, laughing and walking off into the sunset. Crowds of angry people are protesting mm. about him getting away with body snatching. Yeah. There's lots of people in more rural communities, so just outside of the city, who gather together yelling about what's happened, an absolute travesty of justice. And there's one group who get together and they make effigies of Dr. Alexander nice. and burn them, burn them at a crossroads. Awesome. Despite all these protestations, though, the, the rich doctors go back to cutting up bodies. Yeah, of course they do. Rufus himself was released from jail in 1909 on parole. For good behaviour, possibly. But he set his sights on becoming a vaudeville performer. Oh, nice. That's mm. a career change. Love yeah, it. he wanted to keep up his uh, performance element. Yeah. Advertised a one-man show at a local theatre, Rufus Cantrell, the famous king of ghouls, in a great lecture about his horrible life. No, oh, I'll see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it promised that three other famous ghouls were going to make guest appearances. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yes. It wasn't the runaway hit was that he clearly That's thought it was. By 1915, he was facing charges for operating a blind tiger. What's What's that? Oh, it's a it's a speakeasy. Oh, I, I did not know. Yeah, illegal drinking joint. Good for him. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, before the charges were brought, he fled. He fled the city and to fulfil his dream of becoming an evangelical preacher. Oh dear. He apparently married a Canadian woman. It's gone downhill. Body snatching to evangelical preacher. <laughs> we, we, it gets better. Yeah, married a Canadian woman who was part of the Charity Army of America. So not quite Salvation Army. Her brother, well-known safe blower, so she's on the police's alert. Excellent. The charity that she was part of was shut down due to massive fraud. <laughs> he eventually was jailed again for pickpocketing at a gospel praise group. Nice. In Detroit <laughs> in 1916. Shouldn't laugh at that, but it's quite funny. <laughs> yes. So he's around 40 when he goes to jail. And this is the last time we hear from him. We don't know what happened to Rufus after that. Did he die in jail? Did he serve his time and go on to continue his old ghoulish ways? But there was one interesting and suitably ghoulish addition to his story. Now, this information is taken from Historic Indianapolis, which has been a big source for this mm. story. Great local historians doing amazing work. But they're using local newspaper sources. Apparently, in 1900, so before he stands trial, but still in his grave-robbing ways, mm -hmm. a rich Indianapolis woman named Carrie T. Selvage escaped from the state hospital, having received treatment there for mental and nervous disease. She was a lady. She was a lady. She was a lady. That's, she, a, that's enough mental. She had the hysteria. Her womb would try to climb. She had the lady parts. Therefore, she, she must be mad. Rufus told Detroit detectives, so this is the time when he's arrested mm. for that pickpocketing, that during a grave robbing operation at the same time, Carrie T. Selvage showed up at the cemetery gate in flagrante delicto. <gasps> Scandalous. She stood there, Rufus claimed, in her nightgown, 
felt slippers, dishevelled hair streaming out in a cold March wind looking like a banshee. Nice. <laughs> Terrifying the rest look. of the resurrection men. As one would. <laughs> then, in quick summary, he abducted Selvage, held her in a basement, killed her, then sold her body to Indiana Medical College. Oh, that uh, that progressed fast. It it it, it escalated. <laughs> it, it escalated, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. <laughs> <laughs> when he told the story, the police went, "Now you're lying. You lying. That didn't happen. That didn't happen." But interestingly enough, in April 1920, Carrie's skeleton showed up in the attic of the old hospital, part of which had been converted into a garage. Selvage's skeleton was said to have been found by construction workers sitting up against a wall. <laughs> Her head having rolled off. Oh. The skull was on the floor. Her brothers recognised her clothing. The wrapper, so like a dressing mm-hmm. gown thing. And the slippers. The slippers that, <laughs> that Rufus he, had referenced. He was wearing, Exactly yeah. the apparel that Rufus had said she was wearing in the graveyard when she appeared like a banshee. Yeah. Rufus had given this testimony in Detroit in 1916. Investigators nevertheless judged that the woman had crawled up into the attic and simply frozen to death. And her body was undiscovered for 20 years. Wow. The king of ghouls was never prosecuted for her murder. (laughs) So that is the story of one of many body snatchers in the USA. Oh, they are king of ghouls. Bloody marvellous. He's a great figure. He really is. And it's very folklore-y, all of the the reports. Great ones, as I said. Great local history resources there telling his story and lots of other stories. There were so many little tales of body snatchers (laughs) that you could have just built an entire episode out of those. But thought I'd tell Rufus's tale. Good. We like Rufus. Yes, yes. All the tactics. There was an extra story. I'm just going to summarise it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Which I was like, is this enough for Patreon? Is this enough for a mini episode or anything like that? It's basically about two farmers who lived in Indianapolis. And they used to turn up to funerals all the time. Uh, like, even if they didn't know people. Okay. Even if they didn't know the buried. And people were like, what the hell are they doing there? But they were very wealthy and they were white. And they no one could question Come them. Come to pay their respects. They were eventually caught and convicted of murder because they had stumbled on another gang of grave robbers when they turned up <laughs> to rob a grave. Brilliant. They basically found them. And at first they tried to say, oh, we, we chased away these grave robbers. Mm. Oh, yes, we... We fought them off, but it was no, they just uh, turned up. It's a bit like, you know, the kind of People's Judean <laughs> Front meeting the other one's campaign to fight Galilee um, in the corridor. And they're just having a scrap over the grave and shots are fired and everything. It's a great story. That must have happened a few times. I imagine so. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, there you go. Yeah. So there you go. What do you think of the grave robbers of America? Well, I mean, I mean, yes, I mean it's very unsurprising that it, it went on. Yes, there's a king, a king of ghouls. I like that. It's a good title. <laughs> it's a good title he embraced to have. It. Absolutely. Yeah, well, he really did. Absolutely. Mm. I think um, he just decided if I if I turn state witness, I'll get off. Yeah. I'll get a lighter sentence. He, he, he did. And he did. Yeah. yeah, it worked. Absolutely. Yeah, he and didn't so, kill anyone. Yeah. Until he apparently until in Detroit he said, no, I totally killed Confessed to killing someone. Yeah. He's probably like, Mur. is that then now just trying to make yourself a bit more famous at that point? Yeah. But then um, all the medical schools who were completely complicit. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But they're rich and white, so it's fine. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much. And again, it's the same in the UK as well. Where you oh, have God, a lot yeah. of, you know, the 
the commoners who are out just stealing bodies and the medical college is like, nope, nope, no knowledge of this whatsoever. Yeah. Like, you literally have a body in front of us yeah. on the table. There's not enough crimes in the world. Yeah. Ghoulish. Ghoulish indeed. And that's also, I've also furnished you with very good pub quiz knowledge. You have, which I've already forgotten. So. <laughs> William Henry Harrison. <laughs> I should be taking notes, I feel. Died in 30 days. Shortest living president. Shortest term. Not sure it's living. <laughs> like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> His son, body snatched. His son helped to recover him and he became president too. It's fair. It's very good knowledge. There's a lot of presidents and bodies. <laughs> and maybe that should be another story about maybe. presidents all and their the, bodies. All the president's bodies. Well, the Kennedys. <laughs> they have a lot of bodies. <laughs> well, there you go. What do you think, people? What do you think of the story of Rufus Cantrell, king of ghouls and of the various body snatchers and their in America. There must be so many more tales, possibly local ones, super local ones, or much bigger ones that we have not scratched the surface of. Please jump on the comments of wherever you listen to this story on social media, or just tell us your thoughts and your theories on DMs, on emails about what was going on with Rufus. What do we think <laughs> the other medical colleges were up to? Did they stage tea parties with the corpses? Just once. <laughs> um, No. No. I'm going for I'm going for no. I hope they did just do teapots because otherwise you get down this route of like, oh, what do they do to the corpses? That's gross. Well, cut them up probably. Yeah, I know. But like, if you have a corpse and you're kind of like, oh, we could just like stage that one man show and that kind of, you know, that play I've been writing. This is great. I have an enraptured audience. Yes. Someone did that once. Some doctor <laughs> did that once. If you know who did it, please tell us. Share your thoughts, your feelings, your theories. But most importantly, while listening to this episode or going about your daily business, mix up a corpse's whiskers. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I'm so drunk. <laughs> I feel really drunk. You had a Negroni I had a Negroni and now I've had two of these and I'm like... Blah, 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 you are quite, you, you're quite gone. There was a moment where you closed your eyes during this and I'm like, you're right. Am I, am I alive? I don't know. Can I see for time? Possibly. I'm okay, actually. I'm surprisingly all right. I don't yeah. know. My my. I think I'm speaking words. Wait uh, till you hear Mr. is back. <laughs> There's occasionally sometimes when I edit and there's just 20 minutes I have to cut out. <laughs> and there's the bits where Nick snores. <laughs> I don't snore. You do snore. I do snore. Like... <laughs> not, not, not through an episode. Not through an episode. No, <laughs> not not because of the quality, just because we're drunk. I feel all right. Actually. But yeah. I feel quite uh, emboldened. So mix up. Yeah. Corpses of whiskers. It's bloody marvellous. Lots of ingredients, but good ones. But nothing too outlandish. Definitely give it a go. Let us know any variations you're making on it based on what you have in the cupboard and if it works or not. We did a couple of substitutions and it made a resounding success of it. Definitely. If you haven't already, please come and join us on Patreon if you want to get more Poisonous Cabinet content every single week. It is a small, flexible amount that you give us each month and it really helps us basically do this show. Please also leave us a review on Apple iTunes and come and follow us on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and read books with us because we have All a book the club. There's so much going on. <laughs> There's so much going on. It's lovely. It's a community. It's happy. It's lovely. It's a cult. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Oh, yeah.